What's up, everybody? And welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 171 are open. This week on the show, we're talking about Reggie at the Game Awards. PAX is apparently happening in 2021, and a Nintendo hacker gets prosecuted. And this is a uh, solo episode. My uh, co-host Bryce is currently at work, and for the rest of the week, he's uh, you know he's on uh, looking after his kids' duty, and he's uh, got a few things to do, so he won't be able to fit it in this week. So here I am by myself, talking into a microphone, and uh, hopefully having some of you guys listen to me. Uh, whether you're on a jog, you're at work, you're sitting in the car with your family, and they're all like, "What are you listening to, mate?" And uh, you're like, you know what? I really should put my headphones on for this. This is a bit embarrassing. But regardless, I'm happy you're here. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it. It's, uh, you know, it's it's December. It's the lead up to Christmas. It's uh, very quiet as far as news and that goes. And uh, it's also very busy on uh, my behalf. And I'm sure it's on your behalf as well. Uh, there's a lot going on. But I'm just sort of holding on until Christmas where I can take a, you know, a few weeks off, enjoy some games and, uh, you know, do some podcasting and some, you know, content creation, sort of reset for the new year, which I usually do, which I really do enjoy doing. But just got to get through December. Just got to get through December. Um, but to start off the show, uh, whenever we get an Apple podcast review, I like to shout out, I like to read it out, uh, just to thank those who make the effort to leave us a review and of course try and encourage some of you scallywags out there to also leave a review so this is from erb73 and that name rolls off the tongue i'm sure that's your uh, given name when you were born and they are from the united states and the title of their review is fun informative show and it's five stars so thank you very much for that bit so, reading the rest, it, it continues positive. So, you know, that's it's quite nice. So, they say, these guys do well and offer a different perspective from any other Switch podcasts. Well done, informative and entertaining. So, thank you very much. To the point, and uh, we really do appreciate it. So, thank you very much, and I'm glad you, uh, you know, enjoyed the podcast. Um, so, if you'd like to leave us a review, pop over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. It is easy if you do, you know, have an Apple device and you are in that ecosystem using your Apple account. But if you're not an Apple person, I understand it's hard. So there are other ways you can help up the show. You can share us on Twitter or social media of choice, whatever it is. But it definitely does help out the show because, you know, I'll be honest. On Twitter with the House of Mario account as of late, I've been a bit lazy. I haven't been posting new episodes and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not really into social media that much. I spend a lot of time looking, but I don't really feel the need to like put too much out there. <laughs> Even though when it comes to a uh, content creation and all that type of thing, you know, need to be onto it more. <laughs> but it is what it is. So as far as uh, playing games this week, um, I've been playing quite a bit, but not so much on Switch. And I've been thinking about this um, a fair bit. Obviously, the new consoles coming out, I've got an Xbox Series X and a PlayStation 5. And I knew that they would be taking up, you know, most of my time, you know, the new shiny toys, new shiny games and all of that. But it's been the Xbox Series X that I've been spending the most time with. I'll be honest, I haven't turned on my PS5 for about two weeks. Uh, 
and uh, you know, I've, I've, I've turned on my Switch. I've been playing a bit of Pokemon here and there, but you know, no new games necessarily. Um, but the Xbox has been taking my time because of Game Pass. Uh, Game Pass, I've been a big fan of it, obviously, but I've never really been in the uh, you know Xbox ecosystem that deeply. I had a big fat original uh, Xbox One. Uh, you know, I didn't really like using it. I thought, I thought that the menus and the UI was clunky and it pretty much just was a Forza machine because I really do love those racing games. I don't think uh, PlayStation or Nintendo offer that type of racing game at that quality. But yeah, throughout the weekend, I've been really just like dabbling in like some shorter games or some games that are just like chill out and relax. Uh, so I've been playing through uh, The Gardens Between, which is a really awesome uh, indie sort of puzzle game. It takes about one to two hours to play through when I really enjoyed it. I played through on, obviously, Xbox through Game Pass, and I just went through it and sort of unlocked all the achievements and uh, played through the game. It's been a game I had been sitting on my uh, UI there for a while and just really happy that I played it because just the type of uh, mechanics that it uses with... Um, sort of time is really smart. So basically, you play through like uh, you can like it's like on a I wouldn't say 2D plane, but it's kind of like a diorama, and the whole game sort of plays out as like you know you're not really controlling it, but you're controlling time. So you can fast forward time or re- rewind time, and through doing that, you can use sort of you can you know uh, influence the different mechanics. So like a lot of the puzzles, you might you know, grab a lantern, you put a light in the lantern. And then, you know, you go forward and that light and the lantern will sort of get rid of some fog in the way. But then going forward, there will be like a bridge where there's fog. And if you, you know, if you have light in the lantern, it'll get rid of that fog bridge. So you've got to sort of work out where to put the lantern. And yeah, it's just really smart. I'm not doing that much justice to it, but it's definitely worth checking out. The game is on Switch and is uh, definitely a big one to jump in and check out. <laughs> um, and apart from that... Uh, the other games I was playing apart from Forza Horizon 4, uh, I was actually I actually really got in the mood for achievement hunting. Uh, I, you know, sometimes I just feel like sitting down and playing a game for two hours, you know, getting the achievements slash trophies, depending on what platform it is, and move on. But through Game Pass, obviously, you don't have to spend any money to just like for a pretty run-of-the-mill <laughs> achievement uh, hunting game. So I actually jumped into <laughs> Ark Survival, which I thought I'd never play, but... Um, there's like sort of a way on you can enter in different codes into like the dev command thing and just like in about like two hours you can get all the all the achievements. So I just decided to do that. So <laughs> just like thinking about it. It's, it seems so dirty achievement hunting. I know like a lot of people out there who also play on Xbox or um, PlayStation. I Because for the most part, I've been involved in the uh, the PlayStation side of things where it's trying to get the platinum trophies and put up your level and that. So actually doing it on the Xbox, it felt it felt kind of weird, but yeah, I had fun regardless. And uh, on the Horizon... Uh, yeah, sorry, Forza Horizon 4 side of things, I finally got into that LEGO DLC, which was a lot of fun to get into. Um, I, don't, I don't know if anybody uh, actually pays attention to the Xbox side of things, but they released... Uh, a DLC where it's like a, a new island where most things are made of Lego and you've got Lego cars and that interacting with everything and it's just really smartly done. And like throughout doing races and that, you're earning little Lego pieces that you're uh, putting towards building a uh, house basically in the festival uh, center 
where you're just co- constantly upgrading it, the more uh, races and that you're doing. So I'm just really enjoying it. Just, you know, putting a podcast on, listening to music and chilling out, exploring the land, uh, you know, doing races and that. It's one of my favorite games on Xbox. It's definitely my favorite racing game. Absolutely love it. Uh, fantastic. But yeah. And what I, was, what I was sort of getting to the point before is like since uh, 2017 when the Switch came out, um, and since I've been doing this podcast, there's been no real other platform that has like really taken my attention away from the Switch. Um, obviously, big PlayStation fan. PlayStation are one of my favorite publishers, and I absolutely love their exclusives on there. And I would go on to PlayStation 4, obviously, for the big third-party titles, which I'm interested in. And uh, obviously, like stuff like Last of Us, Uncharted, um, Gravity Rush. Like, There's so many games on that platform that I really enjoy. But I would say that like if I, if I was going to purchase anything, it was always going to be on Switch. I love the portable nature on the Switch, and especially for indie games, whereas there's not like a big difference in performance, I'll definitely go for the Switch version. But sort of with uh, Game Pass on the Xbox, I've been just really enjoying jumping into different things and trying them out. Whether it's like something that I'll never even think about playing, but you know what? Since it's there and available, I can jump straight into it, and when sort of thinking about like, all right, well, what platform should I uh, purchase this game on? You know, Xbox has been sort of creeping up into um, into my mindset where I'm like, maybe I will buy on the Xbox instead of the Switch. And I think uh, a lot of that is that, you know, Xbox and the PS5, you know, both the new shiny toy. Uh, so maybe that's where that mindset is coming from. But I also think it's like the mindset of just like, I'm re- I am definitely ready for a brand new Switch to come out next year. Whether it's called the Switch Pro or whatever it is, I just want something a bit more shiny, a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more performance. Whether it's just loading quicker or not, it's not as much slowdown with the frame rate and stuff. So yeah, that's something I've been thinking about too. So I I think there is definitely something to this subscription model uh, for the Xbox having a place where you can try out different games and I think it, it's just it just gets you playing more games whether like there's something you're really excited for or you just feel like playing on a Friday night so I feel like Nintendo could definitely uh, make use of a subscription service and I know they already technically have one uh, but you know it's pretty run-of-the-mill a bit very cheap compared to a lot of other services and like, you know, PlayStation Plus, that was really the start of it back in, I think it was like 2010 or 2011 when they first brought that out. It was when, they, uh, it was when the PlayStation 3 had the big PSN outage. I think they, no, I think it was a little bit before that, but they came back and they offered like some really big games on the PlayStation 3 at the time, which was, I think it was like Infamous 2 and Little Big Planet they offered for free. But basically with uh, PlayStation Plus, that was one of the first services where well, first, uh, I guess, mainstream services on the consoles where, you know, there was a monthly subscription where you got free games. And, you know, back then and even now, uh, it's just a tremendous value that you get from that. You know, not every month is a banger. You're not going to get awesome games every month. But I think even this year on PlayStation 4 where you saw Fall Guys and even uh, back in 2015 when uh, Rocket League debuted into PlayStation Plus and I think it really gave that game a big kickstart. Uh, it's been a great value and a great service for PlayStation players. And obviously with the competition with Xbox, uh, they 
uh, sort of followed suit and offered free games with gold. I don't think it was ever on the level PlayStation Plus was as far as that goes, but obviously now um, Xbox and Microsoft were looking at what uh, some other industries were doing, say Netflix and, you know, Amazon with a, uh, was a prime video and all that type of stuff where you're actually looking at a huge library and uh, offering a subscription every month. And uh, even like uh, this, even with like Apple Arcade as well across Apple devices and even Google with, uh, what is it? I think it's called Play Access or something. I'm not quite familiar with it. It's not as advertised as much, but uh, most companies are moving towards this subscription model which is a good and the bad thing. I know a lot of uh, Nintendo fans are huge collectors, like myself included. Like, I know <laughs> Bryce gives me shit a lot of the time because I have moved to purchasing my games digitally on Switch. And that's just from a convenience point of view, whether it's not having to drive you know, 40 minutes to my closest game store or just having all the games in my pocket without having to swap out little cards and muck around with things. But, you know, I am a big collector. I really do enjoy having the physical copy and uh, I think I'm just going to sort of have get that sort of satisfaction from, you know, DS and 3DS games, um, just collecting for those handheld systems. But I really do think Nintendo could benefit from having a, a subscription model. And yes, there is, there is the $30 a year and you get access to a, you know, a nice handful of uh, Nintendo Entertainment. Nintendo Entertainment System games and uh, SNES games as well. Uh, But it's just, you know, it's not on quite the same level. And you could sort of look at it like, you know, with like uh, just the amount of games that they have on offer from, you know, the NES all the way past the Wii to the Wii U, they could have an absolute tremendous library just available for free. Well, not for free, but for a subscription service, which I think will p- keep people uh, interested and give people plenty of stuff to play and also give Nintendo, you know, a reoccurring re- revenue stream, which is more than just, say, 30 bucks a year. Because, like, going into their financials, they do seem quite happy with the, uh, the, the uh, their subscription model, Nintendo Switch Online. But I do think they could, you know, really vamp it up. Um, but I guess um, I guess devil's advocate just to my points that I was thinking about, uh, you know, Nintendo's games, they are very much, you know, you know, next Mario game, you know, you know, they change it up a lot, but it is very much just uh, putting layers and layers and, you know, a bit of a different idea, a bit of a different gimmick, whether it's improving itself or whatever, but from like Mario 64 to Mario Galaxy, uh, for example, the, the similar games, Event to Mario Odyssey and that, uh, and onto the next Mario game, it will be interesting to see whether if they did open up that library to uh, just a subscription service, would people be uh, more reluctant to spend sixty bucks or a hundred bucks or eighty bucks in Australia for the new Mario game, for example? So yeah, it's just something to sort of think about. But as far as it goes. Uh, just the value Xbox are offering on the gaming front, on the console front, is just uh, it's it's tremendous. It's 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 really impressive, and it, it's uh quite surprising as well how it does affect um just your your gaming habits and broadening your horizons to try new things. Um, because you know even like thirty bucks for like an indie game, where you're like that looks quite good, but you know thirty bucks is you know it's 
it's not a small amount of money necessarily, especially for something you're not 100% sure on. So just uh, getting rid of that barrier and trying new genres, new IP, whatever you have, uh, I think it's uh, really, really quite strong. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about it probably the start of this year, last year, that with all the rumors like, oh, is the Xbox going to bring Game Pass to Switch? You know, that's uh, that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Why would Nintendo want someone else's subscription on on Switch? Yes, it does bring maybe some games that maybe couldn't run on Switch, uh, especially if you're looking at the streaming side of things, obviously. Like if... Uh, I don't know, for example, uh, Doom Eternal. Well, that, that is on Switch. <laughs> That's a bad example. That's coming out very soon on Switch. Um, but let's just say Call of Duty or some a game was in Game Pass and you could stream it on Switch. That is a, a solution to, uh, I guess, a, a problem Nintendo might have because that game can't run na- natively. But we are seeing now that streaming games are coming to Switch, but they are coming as like a one-off purchase in the uh, eShop, for example, Control that came out. It's like, it's a it's a one-off purchase. You can buy it like any other game. Then you can stream it to your Switch with a good internet connection. Not that uh, that applies here in Australia. It is not available to us because we live in a internetless slow place, <laughs> just to put it lightly. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, so, yeah, so Nintendo, you know, they still get their cut from a game purchase. Um, whereas, you know, if 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 they get their 30% of every Game Pass subscription, I don't know if that's really going to make up for just all the money that they'll make elsewhere. But regardless, it's interesting nevertheless. So, anyway, really enjoying the Xbox side of things uh, and it's uh, exciting that um, I'm enjoying playing my Xbox because... The last generation with the Xbox One, apart from Forza and Forza Horizon, and uh, yeah, no, 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 seriously, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, didn't play it that much, but now with Game Pass, you know, it's uh, actually becoming probably my primary console um, over the PlayStation, which is I didn't think that could happen because back in oh, I don't know, say ten years ago when, when I had my Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. I ended up selling it and getting a PS3 just because the games on offer from Xbox, you know, just, I just sort of shrugged my shoulders at it. It was just, it was like, you know, the original Forza games. It was Gears of War. It was Halo and it was exclusive uh, Call of Duty multiplayer uh, maps uh, a month or so early. I'm like, cool. Then on PlayStation, they had all this, uh, you know, Japanese Japanese games. They had Naughty Dog really starting to get into its... uh, Rhythm with uh, Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3. And uh, the exclusives were just uh, very strong on that platform and uh, sort of really spoke to me a lot more than what Microsoft are doing. So now maybe Xbox are starting to win me back. So anyway, 20 minutes in, let's talk about some news. It's a sort of very, very, very... uh, Nothing, nothing too big. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? I fight for my friends. Woohoo! My body is still So this week, uh, yeah, it's like I said, 
Very slow news week, but regardless, we've got some cool news stories to keep you informed with. So this is from Vux.net, and uh, Puma's Fuhrer Rider uh, NES-inspired shoes have hit Australia. And uh, the article reads, uh, one, week's, <laughs> one week it's shoes on Super Mario titles, the next shoes with a uh, NES-inspired theme. Uh, the Puma Nintendo Entertainment System Fuhrer Rider... Uh, yeah, riders have arrived on Puma's website and through Foot Locker. These shoes will feature an NES style with Super Mario Bros. cartridge on the tongue. They'll set you back 140 bucks. So if you want to go and check them out, I'll leave a link in the show notes below. Check out a picture uh, and follow the article if you would like to purchase some. But they look pretty cool. Um, They've got like the um, NES power button sort of above the sole of the foot. They've got a Super Mario Bros. Uh, original um, um, art on the sort of on the tongue there. And in on if you look into the shoe, you can see like the uh, Bowser's Castle lava sort of uh, on the sole there. So pretty neat looking. Personally, it's not sort of my taste, but um, it's pretty cool nevertheless. I remember, like, there was these uh, red and red and white uh, Mario Nikes, which looked really cool. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's more my style. Uh, so moving on, this is from mynintendonews.com, and uh, Yakuza creator says Nintendo hardware is basically aimed at kids and teens. So we'll jump into this so uh, in a recent video by sega europe to celebrate the esteemed company's 60th anniversary yakuza creator uh, tokoshi uh, nagaroshi uh, <laughs> was interviewed he spoke about nintendo platforms on both the past and present and said that he personally believes that while the nintendo switch appeals to a wide ranging age group the company mainly caters to kids and the teenage market this may be the reason why we haven't seen the yakuza series on nintendo switch so, quote, I think I, I think even now the Nintendo platform is still a game console that is played by a wide range of age groups, but basically it's, it's hardware for kids and teens. Amid all that, at the time, Nintendo was also putting a lot of effort into the kids market and I thought it would suit. So, yeah, I don't think anyone really argue with that, but Nintendo does aim for you know, younger people. Because a lot of us got into Nintendo and uh, gaming through them when we were kids. I got into you know Pokemon and the Game Boy Advance when I was nine years old, and I've owned every Nintendo platform since. And I think that's the beauty of Nintendo that you can share it with your kids, and you can well you can play it when you're a kid. And now that Bryce, for example, is a a father, he can share it with his kids and not have any worry about you know violence, blood, swearing, all that type of thing. But he can still enjoy Nintendo games himself as well, and I think that's really powerful as well. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, say games on other platforms and the wide range of third-party games. You know, you can't really play them with your kid unless they are a family game, <laughs> Ain't like really aiming for kids. So I think it's a I think it's a great thing. I don't think it's a negative thing that uh, they're saying here, but regardless, very cool. So another one from my Nintendo News is that the Game Awards 2021 pre-show will feature a... Not, not 2021, sorry. 2020 will feature uh, five world premieres. So the Game Awards creator Jeff Keighley has announced this evening that the uh, uh, 
but uh, Sydney Goodman, who is a host and producer at video game channel IGN, will return as the Game Awards pre-show host on Thursday. Jeff went on to reveal that it will be five world premieres uh, uh, featured in the pre-show and also a special musical performance to listen to. So, pretty cool. I think uh, I haven't really thought about it much, but it, it would be nice to see Nintendo rock up and have a couple of announcements. Obviously, a couple of years ago, it was a big bombshell when Joker was announced for Persona 5, oh, for Smash Bros. from Persona 5. Uh, then last year, we really didn't get anything from Nintendo apart from, I can't remember, to be honest. Um, but Nintendo does have a, a track record of showing up at the Game Awards. Obviously, the first footage of Breath of the Wild running on Wii U in 2015. Uh, yeah, it was first shown there. So maybe we'll get something for Breath of the Wild 2. Who knows? Uh, but it'll be cool to see. Uh, to be honest, I've been burnt out sort of trying to guess what we'll see from Nintendo. I remember last year, like, you know, I was a... I was kind of confident that we'd see a Metroid Prime trilogy there, and I would have quite liked that because I am sort of holding out to play those games on Switch before Metroid Prime 4 comes out. And obviously, we didn't get that, and we've gone through 2020, and there's still no trilogy. So I'm just going to go into this and not really think about it or make any predictions or have any expectations. But I do definitely, you know, expect the next Zelda Mario Pokemon Kirby Smash Bros, Mario Kart, all to be there. Uh, no expectations, though. <laughs> and also with the Game Awards, so also from uh, my Nintendo News, Reggie uh, fils will be a presenter at the Game Awards 2020. So it reads, The Game Awards creator and presenter Jeff Kelly has tweeted this evening that former Nintendo of... No, yeah, Nintendo of America president Reggie fils will be presenting this year at the Game Awards. It's not clear which part of the show he'll be presenting, but it will certainly be good to see Reggie back in action. So, uh, Reggie did present an award last year, so whether it will be sort of the same thing again this year, we don't know, but it's always good to see Reggie out and about being a part of the games industry. Um, obviously, he's... a uh, He's retired from Nintendo, but he's still very much a part of the games industry, whether it's a part of GameStop or any of the uh, other an uh, avenues he's a part of. But I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, at the Game Awards. Whether it's only briefly sort of showing off, uh, <laughs> off an award, but cool nevertheless. So also from My Nintendo News, uh, PAX 2021 dates announced. So Reed Pop and Penny Arcade have announced that PAX is returning next year, assuming the coronavirus pandemic is under control. The two companies have announced dates for PAX East in Boston and PAX West in Seattle, and PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia. However, PAX South won't be returning next year. Polygon has mentioned that other PAX conventions and PAX Australia will be announced at a later date, which is the one that excites me and has my fingers crossed for <laughs> for uh, coronavirus to be under wraps. So PAX East will return to Boston Convention Center and Exhibition Center for June 3rd to 6th. PAX West will return to Washington State Convention Center from September 3rd to the 6th. And PAX Unplugged will return to uh, Pen uh, yeah, Pencil uh, Pennsylvania Convention Center from December 10th to 12th. So fingers crossed all of that will be all good. Uh, from an outsider's perspective on how things are going in the US, I wouldn't book tickets 
just yet. <laughs> uh, even if it's like, you know, things are better, but, you know, just like having that in the back of your head that it's like it's inside, it's uh, close spaces. I don't know. I don't know how easy it will be to go back to how things were, but fingers crossed. Maybe there's a there's a vaccine or something by then. But for everyone in the US, uh, that's uh, looking forward to going back to PAX. I wish you uh, good luck. Also in the in the in Australia here, PAX is a uh, it's one of my favorite times of year. Meeting up for friends and checking just having a weekend full of video games where everything is just uh, it's a lot of fun. It's just a uh, really needed. Uh, weekend away and I really miss it this year so hopefully it's uh, back next year so moving away from my Nintendo news we're going on to gamesindustry.biz where the title is Nintendo hacker hacker leaker sentenced to three years in prison and uh, the man was also sentenced for uh, possession of child pornography but uh, let's not jump to conclusions just yet so i'll read the article and we will discuss so a california man has been sentenced to three years in prison by the u.s uh, district court in seattle after pleading guilty to hacking into nintendo servers stealing and leaking confidential company information as well as for possession of child pornography According to a press release issued by the U.S. District of Justice, the defendant Ryan S. Hernandez has previously used a phishing, not sure what it actually means, but a phishing technique to steal the credentials of a Nintendo employee and access confidential company information, which he then leaked on various social media platforms in 2016 and 2017. Hernandez was a minor at the time, and following an FBI investigation, uh, he and his parents were contacted. Hernandez promised to uh, cease any future hacking or similar activities. Probably a good idea, mate. Uh, However, the press release continues. Hernandez continues hacking into Nintendo servers from 2018 to 2019 and leaking the information he found there. In June of 2019, the FBI conducted a search of Hernandez's residence and confiscated various devices containing stolen Nintendo files, as well as a collection of child pornography. Hernandez will pay $259,000 in restoration to Nintendo and will be put on seven years of supervised release following his prison sentence and will be required to register as a sex offender. Uh, last year, a London court also sentenced two men to imprisonment for hacking into Microsoft in Nintendo's internal services and accessing confidential company information. So um, I just want to get this uh, child pornography uh, accus- accusation or yeah, sentence out of the way. Obviously, whenever you say that, it's like, oh, that is absolutely disgusting. Um, but just reading in here, um, just also a quote from the article, Hernandez was a minor at the time and following the uh, FBI investigation, he and his parents were contacted. So saying that uh, he's a minor, you know, I'm just sort of maybe putting a devil's advocate thing out there that, you know, t- I know this is how it works in Australia, but for example, if you're a 15-year-old boy and you're dating a 15-year-old girl and you send a picture of yourself, and she sends a picture of herself, and that's on your phone, um, regardless of your age, that is still classified as child pornography. 
So whether that is the situation this man found himself in, you know, it's not as bad as, you know, a a man just finding that and storing it on his computer. Um, so that is a way you can look at it. Obviously, I only know the information from this article, but regardless, uh, definitely not a good thing <laughs> to uh, have, you know, be as registered as a sex offender. But I've heard some sort of horror stories of some some people being put through that who definitely didn't deserve it, who, you know, weren't pedophiles or anything like that. So maybe just keep that in the back of your mind. Obviously, he could be a, just a piece of shit. I don't know. But, you know, just uh, looking at the, the better side of things, I hope that was the circumstance for that particular bit. But, hack, look, being a hacker, stealing someone's information... You know, that is that is absolutely dog shit. And uh, just the fact that he was caught for it and then he did it again uh, just the following year and he continued to do it for two years into 2019, uh, absolutely, absolutely just shit. Uh, you know, earlier throughout this year, we've had a lot of information come from uh, Nintendo and uh, sort of there's uh, subsidiaries that, um, you know, information's been coming out and, We've been, you know, seeing early looks at Pokemon games and early looks at, you know, sprites from Mario World and just all sorts of interesting stuff. But the way it sort of came out was, uh, you know, put very lightly, which is, uh, you know, illegal and just not good. <laughs> just absolutely rubbish. Um, so good that uh, this uh, Hernandez, Mr. Hernandez was uh, prosecuted and uh, hopefully... You know, he won't be stealing information or doing anything like this again. And uh, he uh, learned his lesson. <laughs> and uh, another uh, sort of serious one. So we're back to my Nintendo news. And the title is Nintendo cancels Splatoon 2 North American Open uh, North American Open Finals live stream. So this is a bit of an interesting one for the Nintendo community. So let's uh, set through this and try to digest it together. So there's been a bit of frustration from fans in recent days surrounding Nintendo's decision to put a stop on a Super Smash Bros. Melee uh, competitive tournament. Recent happenings saw the company send a cease and desist order to the big house. The longest running Smash tournament in the US just saw uh, just the other week. The reason was because Nintendo refused to support a tournament that saw a legally copied version of the game to be used for the event. The news quickly gained traction online with the hashtag SaveSmash and hashtag FreeMelee trending worldwide. Nintendo even went out the way to release a statement to Polygon explaining the reason behind it while uh, also enlightening the fact that the big house did not cooperate. Now, Nintendo has cancelled the live stream for Splatoon 2 North American Open, which was scheduled to take place this weekend. Slimy Quagsire on Twitter has shared a small statement from Splatoon 2's official tournament Discord, which you can see, uh, which you can view above, which I'll read later. Uh, speculation behind the cancellation for the live stream points towards the names of the winning teams that, sub that were submitted for the tournament, many of, uh, many of who chose Melee-inspired names for their teams. So, quote from a uh, Twitter post by Slimy. Uh, so, the Splatoon community in support of the Smash community has 30% of the top teams in this weekend's Splatoon 2 North American Open with the team names in support of Melee and Smash. 
So what does Nintendo America, Nintendo Versus do in response? They canceled their live streams for tomorrow's finals, end quote. Uh, and he also goes on to say, kind of funny that they'll uh, serve their own support. So what do you say? So kind of funny that they'll, that they'll sever their own support that they love to parade around as something so fantastic just because the Splatoon uh, community wanted to stand out in solidarity with the other scenes that Nintendo outright harms. And he included uh, sort of um, someone from the Discord saying, due to unexpected uh, challenges, we had to forego the live stream for this tournament's final and uh, just uh, looking at some of the na- uh, the names of the teams that were included, there is uh, one that is just called literally hashtag free melee. Uh, there's element uh, free melee. What else is here? Free- so there's two free melees which have different numbers at the end. There's free melee uh, 211. There's free melee 227. And there's uh, melee... Yeah, so there's a, there's a few of them here. So I guess uh, the, their idea is that when this that when Nintendo are streaming this on their own channel, they do not want to have to read out, you know, <laughs> on an official Nintendo channel free melee. So they just said, you know, bugger it, we'll, we'll cancel it. With uh, no sort of uh, heads up to anyone here as well. And I'm only sort of just catching up on this, but I saw Bryce. Obviously, co-host of the show. If uh, you don't know, you haven't listened to the show before, but he uh, put out some of his thoughts on Twitter too. So I'll read them out so he can get his thoughts in, and maybe he'll elaborate them on a bit more next week when he comes back on. So Bryce says, "I'm on full belief that Nintendo has every right to do what they want uh, with the Slippy situation, which was uh, back with, um, which is what happened with Smash. But cancelling the Splatoon 2 final stream over team tags was not only a brash move but a poor one." They simply should have told teams to change it. This is the last time I'll mention it. I love the Nintendo community for its passion, but making mods has always came at a risk. Nintendo isn't trying to smite Melee because it's a because it's Melee as some people seem to believe. They've removed countless mods of other series before. Uh, uh, that being said, cancelling an official tournament over a hashtag in which people are trying to express their feelings is punishment of free speech. Simply letting the teams know to change it and that they are aware of the hashtag would have been enough. So I don't know about sort of the free speech argument. Obviously, that's something that gets thrown around a lot. Uh, Back to, I guess, some of the other points. Nintendo, they can do what they want. This is their product. This is their tournament. This is their channel or, you know, various channels they're streaming it on. They can cancel it. They can run it. They can do what they want. But what they're doing with these tournaments is they're trying to really cater to their community, to their audience, to their customers, uh, and uh, keep Splatoon and, you know, Smash Bros and these games in, in the eye and... Um, I guess ultimately, which uh, hasn't happened, but they want these games to be a major esport. Whether it's it's, it's not going to be on the you know the, <laughs> the, the the same tier as League of Legends and stuff, which is making millions and millions of dollars with different teams and you know like Overwatch having its own league, which is sort of run like you know a, a, a football league, which is actually quite impressive to uh, uh, watch every now and again. But uh, at at the very least, it just keeps the community entertained and. 
um, people maybe catching uh, catching a couple of matches and picking up the game and getting into uh, getting into the competitive scene like that. Um, so, but when it when it comes down to the names being read, like they don't want to have to be there and go, all right. So this is this is a hashtag free melee and they're versing hashtag free melee <laughs> and like whatever have you. But as Bryce said, they could have asked the teams to change their names. Um, cause I could probably say that I don't know if these are brand new teams or their existing teams would have changed their names, but I couldn't imagine this would be like their first or only name or that they couldn't easily change it to something else. Um, so it is a shame that they decided to cancel it. I can see why they did it, but as Bryce said, I think they could easily just go, Hey, um, because it wasn't all of the teams. It was uh, like slip, uh, Slimmy, uh, Slimmy said, not Slippy. I don't know what I said. Oh, yeah, because I was, did I say Slimmy before? I can't remember. Slippy was the the the, the cheating mechanism on the Melee. Oh, no, the, the online uh, mod. But Slimmy said 30% of the teams uh, had a name, but it was in support of Melee and Smash. So it wasn't everyone, and it wasn't even a majority of the teams. So I feel like Nintendo could have said, hey, you know, We'd like you to change your name. This is, yeah, we we, res- we we respect what's going on and your support of what's happened with our cancellation of another tournament, but this is on official, you know, Nintendo channels and we we don't want that to take away from the Splatoon experience or however they want to sort of cater or, you know, <laughs> make it sound not as bad as uh, what actually happened. But there, there were definitely definitely ways around this without just going, all right, we'll cancel it. It seems a bit, a bit brash and uh, just disappointing for the community of players that really do enjoy their products. Because um, I can I can definitely tell you that the people that are still into, into Splatoon and playing on Switch and playing for Nintendo Switch Online to do so, they're probably some of Nintendo's biggest customers. So, obviously... Yeah, it's uh, it's just disappointing. And from uh, someone who keeps a, a close eye on things that are going on in the world of Nintendo, whether it's uh, just their press releases with their products or the actual people that play their games and enjoy them and talk about them and all that, uh, it's really disappointing. Especially when it's the finals. It's not like some random just round. This is, this is the finals. People have worked to get to this point. So, yeah. Disappointing, nevertheless. <sighs> and that brings us to the, the end of the news, which, uh, you know, did take us a little bit. So I hope, uh, I hope it brought some things to your attention that uh, you didn't quite quite know, whatever. Yeah, a bit of a, a bit of an awkward transition to the House of Mario's Red Queen recommendations, where I recommend some games that came out recently on the Nintendo eShop. Bit of an awkward one. I keep I keep uh, I keep on saying that because uh, I'm kind of stalling for time because I'm going to have a nice drink. Of a, I've got a bottle of Coke here. It's very nice. <sighs> Let me a bit of time here, ladies and gentlemen, to have a bit of a swig. It's quite nice. Been talking for forty minutes just uh, about stuff I really enjoy, but it doesn't mean you don't get thirsty. Because you certainly do get a bit thirsty. I certainly do. All right. So let's move into some House of Mario's Red Coin recommendations. 
So the first one is one we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which is the Fire Emblem Shadows, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. So this is a re-release of the original Fire Emblem game that came out on Super Famicom. And this is the first time it's in English, which is really exciting. And it's for $9. And the little summary is... Meet Marth and recruit some of the beloved Fire Emblem characters in their 8-bit glory in Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. For Nintendo Switch, play through all 25 chapters of this classic Famicom tactical role-playing game that started the Fire Emblem legacy, localised and released for the first time in Australia and New Zealand uh, and uh, US and Europe and whatever country you're in that isn't Japan. <laughs> But I'm on the Australian eShop, so that's what it tells me. And uh, also, sort of, Stephen, a uh, friend of the show, uh, got his uh, limited edition Fire Emblem um, collector's edition, which was $90 here. So, you know, I uh, decided to say, Nintendo, you got my money from the <laughs> the Game of Watch that got released. You got my money from All Stars. You got my money a lot this year. I'm not going to spend $90 on that. But Stephen said that it was uh, quite a nice little uh, collector's edition and that the uh, replica cartridge was uh, a lot heavier and a lot more sturdy than he thought. So that's pretty cool. Um, so next game is Fitness Boxing 2 Rhythm and Exercise. Now, this is, a, this is a game personally I'm not interested in at all. I wasn't that interested in the first Fitness Boxing game, but it is a game published by Nintendo. So, And I, I do know that it was quite popular as well. Yeah, like I said, it was quite popular. So for $70, you can pick up this game. And uh, the little summary is, select any of the nine instructors, including the three new ones, Janice, Hori, and Karen. Customize your instructor's outfit to provide even more variety for your workouts. So that's what, uh, that's how they're selling the game. And I mean, does that get you to spend 70 bucks Australian? Don't think so. Don't think so. But uh, yeah, no, seriously though, I do, I do know quite a few people had uh, quite a bit of success playing this game. Just playing it in the morning, getting worked up, and losing a few calories, enjoying themselves. And uh, honestly, I could see my myself uh, enjoying this game, but uh, I'm not going to buy it. And the next one is uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. This is a game I've been looking forward to since last E3 when it got announced as Gods and Monsters. And you can pick it up on the Nintendo Switch eShop for uh, $90. And the summary is, plays Phoenix on a quest to save the Greek gods from a dark curse. Uh, take on mythological beasts, master the legendary powers of the gods, and defeat Typhon, the deadliest titan in Greek mythology, in an epic fight for the ages. Now, i got to say that really excited for this game, but I will not be picking up for Switch. This will be a game I'll be picking up on the Xbox, um, mainly because of just on Switch, you know, it's it takes that graphical hit. The frame rate looks like it's uh, all over the place. And, uh, yeah, I just want to play it in its uh, full glory on a next-gen system. Um, but I have said in the past that, like, if any Nintendo game was to get ported to another system, I would want it to be Breath of the Wild because seeing the mods from for the Wii U version on the PC, what they can do just with the ROM, uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous. So um, I guess the opportunity to play a Breath of the Wild-like game where it's open world and you 
you know, it's a similar game where you're at Central Shrines, I think you're doing, I forgot what they call it, but regardless, um, looking forward to playing this game. It will be a good fun time. I'm sort of holding out until about Christmas time to pick it up. And uh, the the last one is a, a Taco No Tachin uh, <laughs> Rhythmic Adventure 1. So this is the, 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 the drum and fun game where it's like the RPG version. And uh, it caught my eye in a uh, Nintendo... What was it? What did they call them? Nintendo... It wasn't a direct... Oh, it was a direct mini. That's what they called them. So Nintendo Direct Mini, it was uh, it was one where it was pretty lackluster, but these uh, ones did catch my eye. So this is, yeah, Adventure Pack 1. And uh, Donchan <laughs> Don leaves the past behind for a great adventure that transcends space and time to the future. Warp to different eras to stop the bad guys from destroying their history. So there's a dot point here, and it says, A robust story. Donchan and uh, Katsuna... Uh, stumble upon Toki, who has the important job of protecting time. He tells them that his friend Tiki has been kidnapped by Professor. <laughs> oh Jesus, uh, pro- uh, Professor Timeden. Uh, the professor is trying to use Tiki to meddle with time, travel to many different periods to take down the evil, destroying history. The better you perform in a tacky battle. Uh, uh, Takio battles against monsters you encounter on your adventure, the more damage you do to them. Some of the monsters you defeat will, uh, can even become your allies, featuring more than 100 monsters. Create your own team, train them, and work together to face powerful enemies. Of course, you can still play the well-known uh, uh, Takio mode. There's not only the story mode, but the well-known Takio mode will be played as well. In addition to more than 60 songs, uh, three new songs uh, have also been added. So you can get that for 45 bucks on the Australian East eShop. And there's actually a Adventure 2, which is a completely different game, but I will not be reading that out. So they are the recommendations for this week. If you'd like to go and check them out. Personally, uh, if I was going to choose any of them, it would be uh, the Fire Emblem game. It's only $9. It's relatively cheap. And uh, it's a good way to sort of uh, support localizations of old games that have not been moved over. Hopefully, the next game, Nintendo say, hey, maybe we'll localize it. Is it is a Mother 3? That would be great to come over. It was a, a really awesome Game Boy Advance game that we never saw the light of day. And that if you really do want to play, there are mods and ROMs on PC. But it would be nice to get the visual local translation. So that brings us to the end, I believe. We talked for 50 minutes about the news, some subscriptions uh, on other platforms and what we'd like to see on Switch, as well as uh, some recommendations. So everyone, thank you very much to listening to episode 171 of The House of Mario. We're, we're getting up there. We'll be doing episode 200 next year, which uh, I'm looking forward to. And if you'd like to support the show, like... What was his name? <laughs> e something. If you'd like to support the show like E something did, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to join our Discord community, you are more than welcome to jump in there and uh, talk with us, be amongst it, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, and, of course, thank you to our Patreon producers, Luke, DJ, and Sam Hay. I don't uh, like to pimp our Patreon that much, but guys, thank you very much. Looking forward to uh, 
really improving it next year, <laughs> like a lot of things we do here. And this week's Nintendo Jukebox is by Garrett Williamson, and it's uh, titled All I Can Do. It's a bit of a remix of various characters from Age of Calamity, um, and it's a, it sounds pretty cool. It sounds pretty cool. So, guys, until next week, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. Catch you later.